Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 107, and you are with your High Priest of Conchu, Ray. Uh, I am with you tonight, taking you through a, a modern run review, just on my lonesome again, but no worries. Uh, there's not much news anyway, so <laughs> we can dive straight into the, uh, the review. Uh, also... Tonight, I will be announcing um, the winner. We have a a giveaway, an Into the Night giveaway, uh, to kind of celebrate the 1,000 members uh, that have joined our ITK community. Very happy, very proud for that. So thank you so much, all the loonies out there listening and interacting on our Facebook group um again i'm not sure if you if you listen to the podcast and uh, you aren't part of the group uh, just look for us on facebook.com slash groups slash itk moon night you'll find us there it's a really great um a great community everyone sharing their fandom i think now we've actually exceeded 1000 we're up to 1017 last i saw so uh very very proud and thankful for that and to say thank you we have a giveaway, uh, which I'll uh, I'll actually look. I'll, I'll also record video, so <laughs> just so you know, everything's above board, and I'm not just picking a name randomly. I've got I've got the names of the entrants in a hat, the same hat that we used for our episode 100 um, giveaway, uh, and so I'll shuffle that around. I'll uh, I'll you know I'll make a video of it and uh, and I'll post it in the group later on, but. If you're one of these entrants, hopefully you're listening, uh, and if your name comes out, then please get in contact with with us via email or you know direct message, and uh, send us your details, and we can send to you the prize, which will be an official an sorry an official uh, into the night T-shirt, um, happily supplied through our storefront. Uh, via T Public, so yeah, so we've got a bit of a giveaway for tonight. But as I mentioned, I'm by myself. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the other high priest um, Konishu could not join us again. He has uh, a very busy schedule. He's a young man, and he's uh, you know he's kickstarting the next chapter in his career uh, of life. So. Uh, so very busy, understandably, um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully he can pop in in some future episodes. We'll see, um, but uh, yeah, can't guarantee it. He's I know he's a very busy young fella. So Konishu, uh best of luck, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can see you around the traps. Uh, if not, just online, that would be cool. Anyway, so um, to kick us off, obviously uh, from the outset, we are going to review. Uh, issue three of the Brian Michael Bendis. I keep on saying we. I think I've still got this idea that uh, <laughs> there are multiple identities around me. No, it's just me, Ray. So I will be talking about uh, the Brian Michael Bendis issue three uh, of his run in 2011. And look, uh, it's quite a polarizing 
series like uh, a lot of the loonies know that there's been a lot of um you know you could be either end you could really really enjoy it or you could really hate it uh, we'll get into some loony feedback a bit later on um i was hoping that we could have teased out a bit more of a reason why people didn't like the run which is you know it's kind of notorious for uh, for not being liked as much as some of the other runs uh look and i'm going to try and go through the review and and you know really give it a good shake as well um to see you know what the good and bad points are um so anyway so we'll be going through the michael brian michael bender's run and uh yeah look incidentally as well uh, I've just been looking through, yeah, thank you so much for um, all the iTunes ratings that we've been getting. Um, I've actually just been checking a few of them. They're, they're fantastic. They're coming in. Thank you so much. Uh, a couple of them I wanted to address as well, um, which gave, you know, obviously some honest feedback, which is is fantastic, which is what we would really want on the show. Uh, the first one was, unfortunately, I can't remember the person's name, but they weren't too happy with the audio quality. Um, in particular, I think that way back, I think in episode 62, maybe, I'm just pulling that out of the hat, where we had the interview with Max Bemis. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, beyond our control. Uh, and look, it's still a learning experience for us as well back then of podcasting uh, and kind of arranging an interview with Max Bemis, who as you can tell from my accent, is is in another country. Uh, so, uh, look, a bit of a teething process. And, yeah, unfortunately, and I do apologize, we did have bad audio quality there. Uh, and, unfortunately, it, to, to some loonies, uh, it, it wasn't a, you know, a pleasant experience listening to it. Uh, let it be known that, you know, we are in episode 107 now. Hopefully our audio quality has improved. Uh, we've learned a lot technically as well as, uh, I guess, arranging interviews with people overseas and making sure that their audio is good. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But thank you very much to the person who left that rating um, and pointed that out. And again, very uh, we do apologize for... For that, that's unfortunate because we had a really good chat with Max Bemis, and uh, it still kind of, still kind of guts me that um, it's kind of been immortalized in uh, a not as perfect or not as good standard as I would have hoped uh, to do justice to our interview with Max Bemis. But you know, there you have it. As I'm saying, um, we're going to have plenty of interviews later on, and hopefully um, onwards and upwards from there. Um, the other um, other piece of advice that we got from someone as well, um, I th- think it was Shizzle Seven or Sizzle Seven. Um, I do hope he or she is still listening. Uh, big shout out to you if you are listening still. Um, but they had mentioned uh, that uh, they had expected a bit more of an in-depth uh, analysis of Moon Knight's arcs and stories and issues. Uh, and for it to have gone beyond just the mere comparisons with, you know, the Dark Knight and stuff like that, and just like the surface level um, kind of reviews and um, and uh, aspects to a story that um, that we had covered. Uh, again, thank you so much for for that feedback. Look, we're going to try and and um, I want I would like to try and add a bit more meat 
you know, to to the sandwich, so to speak. Uh, I'd really like to get into the stories and I'd really like to unpack it and do it justice to the fans out there. On the other side of it as well, you know, we are a podcast that um, that tries to cater to not only the the long season fans, but also to newcomers and people that are keen to learn more about Moon Knight. So, you know, um, without wanting to try and ostracize them by going into um, very specific or only um, particular knowledge uh, based facts that only a seasoned fan would know. Uh, we do try to keep it light. And look, we, we just like to have a good yarn about Moon Knight as well. I mean, we're all fans um, of different calibers, admittedly, of course. But, um, you know, this is a show we, we like to talk about, the stuff that we like to talk about with Moon Knight. Um, but having said that as well, with this review tonight, I've added a little bit more of a framework to it. Actually, harking back even more so to our uh our actually earlier episode so i wonder if um if sizzle seven or shizzle seven uh, had listened to the early ones where connor and i actually went through jeff lemire's 14 issues uh and i do believe we kind of went through that in uh with a fine tooth comb so i'm quite uh quite proud of that um we have kind of made it a bit more faster and looser uh in our reviews now because uh it's just you know they're old issues, right? You know, we do really love to, we would all love a series, um, but with the older issues, which, you know, spoilers are long gone and such, uh, it's more of a uh, a retrospective look at them rather than an in-depth one. But uh, look, I'm going to give it a good go tonight. So let's see what comes of issue three of this Brian Michael Bendis, Bendis run. So anyway, with all of that out of the way, <laughs> um, we're going to, we, we again, it's me. <laughs> I'm going to go through uh, the usual kind of segments that we have. Uh, the first one, obviously, is idle chat. Now, that's a bit weird if it's just myself. Um, so instead of just, you know, telling you what what I've been reading over the last week, I thought I'd just um, kind of skim through it and give you just like a recommendation like one title that I've read that has really impressed me over the week. Uh, and that way, you know, we streamline it, we keep it all about Moon Knight uh, and less kind of expanding into comics to a greater, a greater sense. So the one of the issues that I've read that really impressed me over the last week was actually Killers. Now, this is from Valiant Comics, and it's written by B. Clay Moore and uh, drawn by Fernando Danino. And uh, this is a, a mini-series, I believe. I think it's only five issues. Um, it's called Killers. It's uh, it's connected to the Ninjak universe. So um, so valiant readers who know their characters, Ninjak uh, is more of the espionage, kind of like your Black Widow side corner of, uh, of the valiant universe. Anyway, Killers uh, are... At the moment, it looks like there are two. Uh, ninja... Oh god, let me see. Ninja G, and I think, um, oh god, I'm just gonna say Ninja H. I think there are two of them. Um, or oh, Ninja J, sorry, Ninja G and then Ninja J, because obviously we all know Ninja K or Ninjak is the um, the main ninja that we all know in the Valiant universe. Anyway, these two ninjas uh, are they kind of come together, uh, and it seems to to be that there are some is there some faction that is kind of killing off 
their kind. So uh, it's certainly issue one at the moment. It's pretty cool. Um, Ninja, one of them, Ninja, um, I think H, uh, they've got this cool thing where they've been trained by this, you know, high almighty sensei and he's taught them to get in tune with their chi. So it actually reminded me a little bit of Iron Fist. And anyway, one of the ninjas, he can um, focus his chi and it actually unlocks your uh, your special, special talent and his is um, unbreakable skin. Uh, where have we heard that before? But anyway, so he has unbreakable skin and the other one, she has um, Ninja J, I believe, she has the ability of invisibility or cloaking herself. So uh, it's quite interesting. It's pretty fun. Um, uh, the first issue was pretty much a setup, but there was a lot of um, there's a lot of action in that. So uh, so worth checking out. I would suggest Killers by Valiant Comics. All right. Well, uh, moving right along. Look, there's not much news in our white noise uh, segment. I'm just going to really quickly go through this. Uh, this has popped up in our group a couple of times, and it's no doubt popped up on your feed if you're looking for anything Moon Knight. Basically, the Russo brothers, the directors of Avengers Endgame and such, uh, they said that it is a, a good call to have Keanu Reeves as Moon Knight. Um, a very, a very passing and fleeting comment, which was made over at the San Diego Comic Con. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's what they said. So, you know, um, all blown up with, with clickbait and su- such. But um, yeah, so they, they're happy with that. Um, Boss Logic, who some of you will know, he's a graphic designer. He um, He's responsible for these awesome posters that he puts out of unofficial, of uh, you know, whether they be Marvel or DC or, or otherwise. Um, and he's done a rendition of Keanu Reeves as Moon Knight, so that's floating around. And uh, what I found interesting here, look, there are always these... <laughs> You know, Connor and I always joke about this. 15 characters deserving a film. There's always something floating around and always something with Moon Knight. Uh, this one in particular pitches Army Hammer for Moon Knight. And I thought that's quite an interesting interesting choice. I wouldn't mind seeing him as Moon Knight. I mean, I actually haven't seen him in many films. Um, I know he was in one with Henry Cavill, I believe. A Man Called Uncle, Man From Uncle. And uh, I know he was in that big flop, Lone Ranger. But um, I don't know. He might have the chops for it. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, that was uh, that was it for basically the news. Uh, Night's Watch, I think, um, coming up this Wednesday, uh, Punisher 14, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg. Uh, this is a, kind of like a prelude to issue 15, which features, uh, which features Moon Knight. So we might see Moon Knight... Um, in issue 14 so for all you moon uh loony watchers out there loony uh fans you know keen eye on any cameo appearance by moon knight check out punisher 14 that might yield up something for you and that might be something for the collection for all those completionists okay i'm zipping right through this (laughs) um okay so the next segment we've got is the uh spectacle um which are uh, shout-outs, and I wanted to actually, uh, and uh, probably hear one pop up in one of the ads that will play uh, in this episode, but we've got some new members of the collective, so a big welcome to both the We Are Venom Maniacs, hosted by Orion. Um, again, some of you will know that I 
had him on as a guest co-host uh, a while back, and we reviewed a classic run, which was um, uh, can't remember the thing. it was it was one with the music box, um, and it, it kind of tangentially connected to the Warren Ellis issue three ghosts. Uh, but anyway, so we are Venomaniacs. They are part of the collective now, uh, a very cool podcast, all to do with Venom, obviously, and I guess the symbiotes in the Marvel Universe uh, just in general. Also, a huge welcome to Paul Matthew Carr and uh, his two podcasts. Now, the first one, A Nexus of All Realities, a man-thing podcast. Uh, they're, they're part of the collective now. Um, great to have. It's great to have another um you know, along with Venom, to have some more Marvel characters within the collective um, with podcasts. So we've got like a man thing now. And uh, he also has another podcast called Collected Edition, which basically he co-hosts and they review, um, I guess, popular um, past um, trade paperbacks or, or arcs from, from any publishers. So uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, and uh, I saw one on Craven's Last Hunt, which I think I'm keen to keen to have a go of listening. Uh, same with I saw again Infinity Gauntlet, but there are also other ones like um, like DC ones, uh, Crisis on Infinite uh, Infinite Earth. I think that was it. I'm, I'm very bad. I'm not a very good DC follower, but uh, there's a whole lot of them. So check them out. Um, and yeah, welcome to Paul and Orion to the collective. Also, another shout out to to Carl Stern. He is a host of another podcast called When It Was Cool. So he reached out to podcasters out there on Twitter, um, and he's given us a plug on their show. So I wanted to give him a plug on our show as well, just sharing the love. So thank you, Carl, and uh, and we'll play his ad as well in this episode uh, when we have a break. Um, and speaking of a break, actually, uh, why not hear it now? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, get myself ready for this Lunapic modern run review, but, uh, on the other side of the break, um, but yes, but, uh, stick around and, uh, and here's some kind words from either Orion or Carl. <laughs> See you soon. WhenItWasCool.com is your source for the best in retro pop culture. When It Was Cool features articles and podcasts on retro TV and movies, toys, action figures, pro wrestling, food, video games, and more. Hit the Patreon button to support us and get instant access to hundreds of premium podcasts and features. Family friendly and fun. WhenItWasCool.com Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, episode 107. You are listening to High Priest of Conchu, Ray, and we are going to go through our modern run review. It is a waxing crescent in the sky there. Just have a look. Open the window. Look up. If there aren't any clouds, you can probably see. It is a very slight moon and that's a waxing crescent. Conchu has decreed it to be a modern run review. And so tonight, as mentioned, we will be looking at Moon Knight Volume 6, Issue 3. It's Part 3 of the story, creatively titled First Story. Uh, this was released July 2011. 
and uh, it's available, uh, readily available still, so you can find it on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, it's available in trade paperback. Um, the trades, like the hardcover trades and the soft covers, may be a bit harder to come by now, but I know recently they re-released um, a hardcover trade of the entire Bendis 12-issue run, so that's out there. Uh, it's also available on Comixology, and, uh, well, you know, if you are a collector... It's still available in floppy format. Just check your, you know, your local comic book store. Uh, so this story, as uh, mentioned previous uh, numerous times, uh, writer Brian Michael Bendis, uh, pencilers and inks by Alex Maleve, great team there. We have the colorist Matthew Wilson, letterer Corey Petit, and editor Tom Bravort. So. Um, typically we usually have a sliver, but, you know, to try and encapsulate a, a fairly well-rounded review, I am going to read out for you with some nice music, um, the synopsis as provided on the wiki website. The next morning, Mark is driving down PCH heading to work while he calls Maya, or Maya on her teleprompter phone. He apologises for blowing her cover but wants to hopefully devise a strategy with her over dinner at Pink's Hot Dogs at 9pm. She is cautious in potentially being involved with Mark but he leaves the offer on the table. They hang up. At the studio lot, Mark carries a box from his car to inside the building. While his assistant is trying to nail down the casting for the ethnicity of Frenchie, we see that the Spider-Man suit Mark used was borrowed uh, from a nearby production. In the production office, Mark meets with the show's military consultant, Buck Lime, and opens the box. It is the Ultron head, and he wants Buck to crack it. In a flashback a few months ago, Mark is reviewing dailies with his assistant when she mentions that the pulled candidates for the show's military consultancy. Mark ignores all of the studio selects and finds an interesting resume in the pile. It's Buck's. The two arrange a meeting and Mark instantly knows that Buck was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent even though this was not listed. Mark is forward in wanting Buck to work days with the show and and Moonlight as Moon Knight's support. Buck agrees and is hired. That evening, Bullseye breaks into Buck's apartment and kidnaps him. Tied to a chair, Bullseye roughs Buck up, but it is finally revealed that this is really Mark. He wanted to see if Buck would ever break he passed. Once freed, Buck gets even and questions how crazy Mark really is. Back in the present time, Buck is looking to crack the Ultron head, but he wants to notify the Avengers first. Mark promises to do so once Buck can track down the LA Kingpin using the head. Meanwhile, Snapdragon has assembled her team, known as the Night Shift. So there you go, Looney listeners. That is a summation of basically this issue, issue three, which, look, right off the bat, I thought was quite a, a decent uh, decent read. Um, it, it it had the hallmarks of a bit of that Bendisy kind of dialogue and writing starting to come out. Um, I didn't notice it that much in issues one and two. Uh, certainly nowadays, with a lot of his writing... <laughs> It can be overwhelming uh, in the fact that a lot of the characters can sound the same. 
They can all be quippy. They can all be kind of, you know, cynical about stuff, which kind of gets a little grating as a reader, to be honest, for, well, for me at least. Uh, and anyway, um, I found a little bit of that uh, over here. So um, anyway, uh, before we kind of get into the, the nitty-gritty, the details, I just want to mention there are a few aspects that I want to kind of at least try and cover for this issue. Um, and they are one, two, three, four, five. There are five aspects. Um, so basically, be looking at the writing, which involve the plot, any plot holes, dialogue or voicings, uh, looking at the art, um, panel layout, general art, uh, well, you know, art in general. Uh, that goes for the inks, the colours as well. Um, then looking at themes of the story, if there are any underlying tones to it, um, and also looking at characterizations, um, if uh, the story is true to a lot of the characters, or if there are new takes to the characters. Now, I know Bendis has a lot of free license with a lot of characters uh, during his Moon Knight run, so I'm I'm sure that's what a lot of people take umbrage uh, with. Uh, but anyway, we'll go through that as well. Uh, and finally, any references to other runs. So how, how well or how tied up is this series and this issue to, you know, to what has happened before, like in the previous volumes? Like, is there any consistency there? So first off, I wanted to talk about the writing. And as I mentioned before, um, with this issue, it, it was it was fun. I enjoyed the read. It wasn't a difficult read at all. It didn't drag for me. And it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't boring by any standards. But the first thing I did notice was that Bendis' dialogue did begin to show a bit, and uh, and I found it a little obvious in some of Mark's dialogue. Um, with that, he had a quick quick interchange. He has that with Buck in um, in a couple of instances as well, as well as his assistant Amy, um, but also as well in in Amy as well. So, uh, I mean, you can even argue with Echo. So there's always this kind of quick fire. Um, you know, dialogue between the two, which is very bendacy to me. It's not typically a bad thing, but I guess having read, you know, a fair bit of Bendis and starting to recognise it as one of his signatures, um, what it does is that it's almost as if he's trying to, um, he shoehorns the characters into his image rather than paying respect to the characters and, and, giving them the voice that, you know, is theirs and that has been established. Look, I also want to say as well, having said that, um, and again, I'm just trying to work out, I want to know, I want to understand why loonies don't like it, is that they say that, yeah, he, he's messed with things um, and it's totally different Moon Knight to, to how Moon Knight should be. Um, the counter-argument to that is that if you look at all the other you know, volumes prior to this, Moon Knight is pretty much depicted um, quite differently in many of them. So, you know, if for you, if your version of Moon Knight is the Charlie Houston run, um, which was the volume previous to this, volume five, I mean, it could be argued the fact that that is totally different to Doug Mensch's run, which is the original run. Um, so... Uh, if you're a big Doug Mensch fan, of course, then Bendis' um, take on Moon Knight is very different. But then, 
having said that, why is Bendis kind of singled out and why aren't we saying, oh, Houston, look, well, he's, he's taken liberties on Moon Knight or, or Mark Spector, you know, Chuck Dixon, JMD Mateus, um, Howard Mackey, they've all taken liberties with Mark, with Moon Knight or Mark Spector, you know, so just trying to understand why Bendis is the one singled out. Um, is an interesting thing. And I'd love to hear from Looney. So if you do drop a line in response to this, uh, it would be really good. Um, I know why I found Bendis' run um, not as good as the other runs. Like, I know from my own, my own opinion. Um, but there seems to be a lot of very uh, adamant people out there that don't like the run for particular reasons, like it's a terrible run. I really want to understand why. Anyway... Having said that, um, again, with the writing, look, I thought um, I like the character of Buck Lime. So Bendis introduces this character. Uh, and again, you can argue the fact that why why isn't, um, I was about to say, why isn't Ray or Ricky used? But having said that, Mark has, you know, relocated to LA. So they're in Jenna's diner back in New York. So I guess that makes sense. It makes sense that his supporting cast is totally new. Uh, it makes sense that, you know, Frenchie's not there. Um, but I do like Buck Lime. Look, he's not really used that much. I, I checked on Wiki as well. Uh, pretty much the run of Bendis is his extent um, of the appearances he makes in the Marvel Universe, which is a shame because he's uh, I find him a cool character. Uh, he's a bit of a tech. He's a you know he's a nice support um, guy. He knows his stuff. You know he's tinkering with Ultron's head, um, and I did like how anyway uh, Bendis has tied this. Uh, so Buck used to work for Shield, and so there's a reference there to how Shield has been dissolved by Osborn, and how then inevitably Buck Lime is you know looking for work or, or kind of at a, a crossroads as to what he wants to do. Maybe he doesn't want to work with the Osborns or or um or Hammer and uh, all those affiliations, and so he finds himself as a a military consultant. Um, but Mark calls him out, obviously, in the issue, uh, recognizing him as a Shield agent, uh, much to Buck's chagrin. So yeah, a really cool character. Uh, I love his name, Buck Lime. It's uh, actually it's pretty catchy. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a, a, a good positive. And if anything, in this issue, much of it is, well, the middle section of it is basically uh, kind of like an origin, origin of Buck anyway, and, well, an origin of Buck and how he meets up with Mark, with the middle of it being him um, abducted by Bullseye uh, and that inevitably being Mark Spector himself, which is an absolutely crazy thing. I actually love that touch of Mark dressing up as Bullseye just to see if Buck will fold, you know. It's such a crazy thing, and rightly so, Buck does get the get the shits, and uh, he socks him one, kicks him on the ground as well. Uh, but again, also as well, I love the fact that Mark then says, well, you know, I could have taken you down, you know, in a couple of moves if I wanted to. Um, I kind of let you kind of kick me and hit me, is basically what he was saying. So uh, a little, a little uh, peek at... Um, the prowess of Moon Knight there. Uh, the third point I've got for for the writing and the plot uh, is that, um, yeah, this volume doesn't seem to follow on from Volume 5, the Charlie Houston run, and this may be one of the, 
the uh, the sticking points that a lot of loonies had. So if you read Volume Five, you would know um, past Houston, it, was, it went into to the Mike Benson run. Uh, at the very end, I actually reread the last issue um, just to make sure that I wanted to see how it kind of the Bendis ran, run fitted in with with everything prior. Um, so towards the end, which I think it was down south, that was the arc. It was with the Mexican wrestlers. Anyway, towards the end, um, Mark actually has a, an epiphany of sorts. And instead of running away and hiding off in Mexico, um, he's quite adamant to go back to New York and to confront um, Norman Osborne or Harry. I'm not sure who. I can't remember who. I think it's. I think it's Norman Osborne uh, to confront him, um, which basically, uh, you know, is consistent with the rest of that volume, like which runs through from the Benson, um, the Benson run where where the Thunderbolts like Venom and Bullseye all encounter Moon Knight. So at the end of volume five, Mark wants to go back to New York without Conchu, so kind of like himself, so he's kind of distanced, distanced himself from Conchu and uh, and confront uh, Osborne, which, again, again, off the top of my head, I'm, I, th- I think um, Vengeance of the Moon Knight, God, I think because he does return to New York in, in uh, fine fashion. So we have to wait until Vengeance of the Moon Knight for him to come back to New York. At the end of... At the start of Volume Six, we find Mark all of a sudden in LA, and Bendis has put him in LA, you know, from just just the choice of doing so, um, to kind of start afresh. And look, Moonlight does have connections to LA as well. Like he was a West Coast Avenger, so that's all fine. But um, for continuity, um, it was just a bit weird that you know, uh, the end of Volume Five was basically ignored. Um, and again, having said that as well, if you look at a lot of Marvel titles now, a lot of writers will literally just reset the characters and start afresh. So it's nothing too different to what is happening now. Um, but I guess if you're a big fan, I mean, because I'm a you know I'm a big fan of Daredevil, Spider Man, stuff like that, um, Fantastic Four as well. They're all kind of reset, aren't they? So um, anyway. That's what I believe is one of the sticking points um, with the writing, by setting Mark in L.A. and by ignoring what has happened in Volume 5. Um, okay, so the next aspect would be the art. Uh, look, I think very, I think art is very consistent. I, I really enjoy Alex Malib's art. I'm a big fan of their run in Daredevil. Um, so I don't have too much to um, to say about this. Let me, just, um, let me just crack open this issue. I'm reading it off... Uh, of the hardcover I got, the the previous printing of the hardcovers, which came in two volumes. Um, look, I like the the colouring is pretty good. Um, those kind of yellow orangey tones kind of give off that effect of I guess it's LA West uh, West Coast, a bit more sunnier. Uh, it's got a different palette for sure. Uh, then it goes um, goes pretty dark there um, with with Mark and Buck. Lime and obviously the flashbacks. Um, there's a different color palette as well. So uh, color wise, it's pretty good. Art wise, I really don't have much to say. I really do. I do like Alex Maleev's work. Um, I'm just seeing if anything is inconsistent or um, no. 
I love the panel layouts anyway. Uh, he's got... Uh, yeah, there's, there's one in particular with a to and fro of Buck and Bullseye slash Mark Spectre. And it's just um, close-ups of their faces. Uh, and the expressions are, are really good. Um, I like the, the inking's quite kind of... Um, Kind of almost sketchy and uh, a bit scratchy uh, from memory more so than say the daredevil run um, but i like it it gives a bit of a rough rough look to it um, so yeah look not much on the art um, other than it's quite consistent um, it's quite um, it's quite solid so i've got no no bones to pick there for that one um, looking on the themes of the story so any underlying tones uh, there's one quote here that I put in that I found quite cool. At least it's a nod by Bendis that things are, are different. Like Bendis knows that he's actually done something quite different. And Mark says, um, I'm trying new, th he say, he's saying this to Echo. He's saying, I'm trying new things, new techniques. I'm trying to be better than I have before. So that might be a, a little slight nod to, to Moon Knight being in LA. Um, for Mark Spector to have started a, a, a film production company, um, for maybe maybe even Moon Knight having those different identities of Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine. I mean that you know that could be it um, tangentially. Who knows? Uh, also, as well, um, I've got here a note: Moon Knight wants to take down the Kingpin of LA with Ultron's head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure why I put that, that in there, actually. I don't know what the um, underlying tones are. The theme of the story, though, is I guess the overarching thing is that he wants to... Uh, I mean, I guess this is m the most pronounced um, of the of the three issues so far. He's kind of crystallised this plan now that he's going to use uh, Ultron's head to um, to do good. Uh, in, in LA, and uh, we saw a bit of the the kingpin, um, and we know it's Count Nefaria, um, but we see uh, that Mark, you know, he's actively going to try and use Ultron's head, try to tease out whatever he can to understand, you know, what it can do um, to bring down this kingpin of LA. So he hasn't met um, Count Nefaria yet. That will happen a bit later. Um, He's encountered Snapdragon, and you know we're sure that they'll come across each other again. But that is the uh, the end game to to get to the kingpin of LA and to find out who that is. So it hasn't been revealed yet, but if you're quite savvy with your silhouettes and monocles, you'd probably pick it up um, back in issue two. Uh, looking at characterizations, uh, true to the character. Um, yeah, so actually one of the things, this is more so characterizations supporting casts. And again, I think um, this is a little nod actually of Bendis to, um, to previous Moon Knight runs here. So there is a consistency here. There's a, a Spectre, um, when he talks to Amy, his assistant um, at the film studio, she says that they're still trying to get the the right casting for and the ethnicity for the Frenchy character, and uh, Mark insists that the um, the French guy doesn't have to be French. Um, and I think from that, the way I read that, I think that he's insinuating 
that um, he's kind of distancing himself from Frenchie. So we all always know we all know that in Volume Five and even yep in Volume um, in I say this in um, air quotes in Volume Three, which is Mark Spector Moon Knight. Uh, there's a lot of tension between Mark Spector and Frenchie. Um, which yeah really does culminate in volume five. I found this little nod to the French guy um, kind of keeps that consistent that um, Mark's relationship with Frenchie is still a bit rocky. So, you know, I think although Bendis doesn't use Frenchie, um, he still does respect um, the dynamics that he has with, with Moon Knight. So, um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting bit of the issue. And, uh, okay, and the final aspects are references um, to other runs. Now, the big one, obviously, on the cover as well is Bullseye. And um, I had to look up the <laughs> Volume 5, Issue 25. Um, I I think this is a, a subtle reference, again, also to that um, previous volume where Moon Knight took on Bullseye. So we've got Mark Spector dressing up as Bullseye. Um, admittedly, um, I couldn't really think of any other high-profile villain, street-level villain that Mark would have uh, dressed up as. Um, and obviously Bullseye has connections with the real Kingpin, and uh, since Mark or Moon Knight doesn't know who the Kingpin of LA is, um, I guess he just you know, picked one of the assassins for the New York Kingpin, um, you know, because he has no idea who who's running LA. So that kind of makes sense. But, you know, I, I thought, immediately thought that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we saw Bullseye in a Moon Knight comic in that awesome fight that he had with Moon Knight. I really love that. Um, but uh, we have Mark, yeah, dressing up as Bullseye here. Quite a, a scary figure as well. So, um, I think it was a good choice by Bendis to use, use Bullseye. Uh, and finally, also another reference to the other runs. Um, this is going back to the beginning of the issue uh, with Echo, the conversation that Mark has with Echo. Uh, and she says to herself towards at the end of the conversation, she's like kind of lamenting to herself, how do they find me, all the crazy boys? And I believe she's referencing um, obviously Daredevil. Well, she had... Um, an interaction there with Daredevil, but also she had an, a relationship with Hawkeye during the Secret Invasion. So those two, at least, um, I don't think she was referencing Wolverine. I don't think they had a any kind of. I don't think they connected in any particular way. Although Wolverine and Echo had crossed paths before, um, I don't think she would. You know, I don't know. I don't. Maybe she does. Um, Wolverine is a bit crazy, isn't he? But I, I think they're probably referencing more so Daredevil and Hawkeye there. So, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, and of course, Bendis is intimate with, like, you know, he created Echo, Echo I think, and uh, so he wrote her a lot in the Daredevil um, run that he did. So, um, yeah, of course, he's just playing with the um, the characters that he's familiar with. Yeah, right. So there you go, loonies. Look, it's uh, slightly different with just, just myself, but um, I thought I'd go through those points. These were the things that I found interesting in this issue of Moon Knight, issue three. 
volume six. And uh, as always, we give it a highly convoluted moon rating system. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we use the phases of the moon as well to rate our um, enjoyment of this issue. And that can be like uh, no moon, full moon. Uh, blue moon is something that is absolutely exceptional. Um, and then you've got your half moon, three quarter moon. So, you know, you kind of get the gist. As for me, uh, since I'm looking at this issue, I would give this a mid range waning gibbous. So I would give it, I'd give it, um, about a six and a half out of ten. Um, so it's above average for me. Uh, it doesn't blow me out of the water, you know, so it's not like an eight or anything above that. Um, I put it just under a seven because, um, because this is the thing I think with a lot of, well, with a lot of Bendis's writing, potentially, if you look at it, nothing much really happened. Well, having said that, in issue three, we do get um, this really cool little origin backstory of Buck Lime, uh, of at least how he's introduced to, to Moon Knight, so that was pretty cool. Um, we get um, we get basically the intent of Moon Knight through his conversation with Echo that he wants to actually do something good in LA and uh, pursue looking for pursue you know looking for the the LA kingpin, um, and we get the introduction of the Night Shift. I guess um, they looked you know I can't really remember them that much. Um, you know they are revealed in the last page. Can't say, uh, you know, they blow me away or anything like that. I can't even remember. They look like the Enforcers, basically, from the Spider-Man thing. I know they're not. Um, one of them kind of, I, I don't think he's the hood. But anyway, uh, I'll be reacquainted with that, I'm sure, with the issues to come. Um, so, yeah, six and a half, I think, is pretty decent. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave it, leave it at that, loonies. Okay, well, uh, what we'll do, we might go straight to uh, our Mooney Missives, which is our feedback. And, uh, you know, open this up. You know, you can either leave voicemail, open it up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just to see if, um, just to get your thoughts on the issue. Uh, if there's anything that you wanted to discuss or you wanted uh, me or the show to elaborate on, it would have been good. Um so I tried to tease something out. But anyway, uh, we got um, a few comments on the Facebook group. And the first one's from Dylan Scott Warwick. And he says, The best thing about this Moon Knight run has got to be Echo. Uh, the dispassionate way Bendis writes Mooney makes me wish this had been an Echo solo series instead. And we have another loony who replied to that, Ethan Essick. He said, Echo was probably the only redeeming thing about this absolutely atrocious run. Uh, and Dylan responds to that, uh, and he bendest her in the end. Just depressing. <laughs> so uh, they're kind of talking about, I guess, the subsequent issues as well. Um, I haven't done a reread yet. I've only done the one, two, three. Um, but I'm interested to see how it goes. I, I do like Echo myself. I think that's great. Um, uh, Dylan saying the dispassionate way Bendis writes Mooney. Uh, for me, I don't think it's that bad at the moment. Apart from what I was saying, sometimes he does fall into the trap of sounding too, too much like Bendis, like any Bendis character. Uh, you know, just quite kind of got that level of sarcasm to everything that he says. Um, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you that Echo is pretty much a, a highlight. Um, I like how she was introduced, how she was undercover, so that's pretty good. Uh, and it's good that we see more um, of her uh, involved in the adventures upcoming. Uh, Ethan also uh, responds, as, well, he actually also adds a comment uh, and he has a, a, a in between asterisks, uh, shakes the fist and just says, Bendis! So uh, I take it Ethan's not a fan of this run, uh, which is fair enough. And uh, we've got a couple more here. Dave uh, with him says, says, good cover, just a terrible, terrible run from start to finish. And we have Peter Kurikos third saying, Bendis' work on Moon Knight is unforgivable. So no, thank you for all that, loonies. Uh, would have loved to have known why... Um, you found it so terrible or you found it so unforgivable. Uh, but, you know, it's it's. Um, uh, thank you for your feedback and uh, for letting us know if you liked it or not. Uh, nothing on Twitter, but we did get something from Instagram. KyleCos13, he says, uh, I wish that run was more than 12 issues because it was fantastic. So uh, he's dropped in something there, a bit more of a positive vibe to the Bendis run. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you, loonies, for that. Uh yeah, hopefully, you know, I've picked some points here that were quite relevant and uh, <laughs> and uh, kind of delved deep into the issue a bit. Um, so, yeah, let us know your thoughts on um, introducing these aspects as well to our reviews. So the five aspects of writing, uh, artwork, um, what do we got, themes, characterization, and references to other runs or how it continues how it fits in with the rest of the the canon all right well i think we'll go to a break and uh, i'll play you one of those uh other ads which i mentioned before and when we come back i think i will um draw out of the hat a the winner for our itk giveaway see you soon we are Venomaniacs is the Venom Scythe official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views about Venom-related comics, movies, television, animation, and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you? Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night. This is me, Ray, 107, going solo. And um, and we're rounding out the end of this episode. Uh, before I go, before I leave you and not bother you with my mad rambling, Ray the Mad Rambler, we have a giveaway now, as mentioned at the top of the show uh, we recently reached 1,000 members, and we've gone past that, which is absolutely bloody awesome. So as a huge thank you to the community, we opened up a competition for loonies to um, to enter and for their chance to win uh, an, an official, I keep on saying official, an official ITK t-shirt supplied via T Public. And yours truly as well. Just as a big thank you. So, anyway, we got a uh, a fair few entrants in. Now, what I'm going to do? Oh, let, let me just on the outset. Okay, so I'm going to read out these. And um, so we got eleven entrants, right? Um, 
We have Adam Prine, Ryan Galfetti, Ethan Ainsworth, Stephen uh, Siapno, Chad Jernigan, Mike Sikros, Tommy Cavill, Josh Johnson, Wayne Hunt, David Capay, and Midkind Hit Susan. So all of you guys are in for the running. Now what I'll do, I might just have to turn away a little here. I have my uh, my trusty trusty hat with all the all the names in there, and I'm going to video tape this okay as well just in case just in case people might you know claim that there's favoritism or something um i uh, literally will videotape this so okay so this this makes for great podcasting anyway so um what am i going to do i'm going to put it down there on the thing let me okay so i'm gonna there's my hand and you can cross-reference this with the podcast and the video. The audio is the same. I haven't done this earlier or later. I'm going to pull out a name. And the lucky winner... And look, I might show you the other names just so you know it's not all just one name. Here we go. And we have... Let me see. Hey! We have... Chad. Chad Jernigan. Well done, Chad. Um, you are the winner of the official ITK t-shirt. Um, let me just pull out some other ones here. I'm still filming, so just bear with me. Let me just open that up. So, hang on. Let me just bring it down here. Okay, so here's another one. That's Midkine. See that there? Another one here. Midkine, you would have come second. This other one here. Here's that one. Stevens, yep, no. Another one. So you can see all the names are in there. There's this one. Great, again, like I was saying, great podcasting. But, you know, you can see the video. You can relive the, the magic moment that it is. There's Wayne. So, yeah, so had all the... There you go. All the, uh, all the names in there. But the winner... Now I'm going to stop that video. The winner is... Uh, is Chad, the power of Chad, huh? It is the power of Chad that brings him through. So well done, Chad. So um, look, you know, we're we're obviously in contact. Just let me know the best postal address for you and I shall ship that over. Oh, and also, you know, um, shirt size and uh, and color as well. I think you can choose a color. I think as a default, we have like the, the purple, but um, you can choose whatever you want, Chad. It could be black, it could be white, it could be pink, if you really want. So, yeah, thank you very much. Um, congratulations, and thank you, everyone, for getting us over 1,000 members. Alrighty, we are heading towards the end. I am uh, almost out of out of saliva in the mouth. Hang on, let me have a, let me have a slurp. Okay, next phase, loonies. Next phase is a waxing gibbous, and that means it's a trade or arc review. Now, my prompt sheet I've got here, arc review, review. Why not? Two reviews. No. So, I haven't, um, we haven't discussed it. Um, I could throw it out to, um, to you loonies as well. Which arc or which trade would you like us to take a look at holistically for our next show? Um, it's a bit of fun. Always a bit of, uh, Bit of fun time. It could be like something where we're not just guests on, even as well. So, it could be like, uh, what is it? 
uh, Infinity Watch was that recent, or it could be original. Oh, choosing sides in Civil War Two. That'd be cool. Anyway, um, we'll have a bit of a think, and uh, I'll throw it out there. See what we do. So once again, thank you, loonies. Look, I'm just rambling like a madman who's just had a bit too much lemon lime bitters. And uh, you can find us on email. Drop us a line. Just say hello. Or, you know, say blah. And uh, we're on itkmoonight at gmail.com. We have a website, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. We also have another podcast page. It's uh, intothenight.libsyn.com. That's where all our podcasts are housed and all our summaries uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. We're also, we also have a group, facebook.com slash group slash itkmoonnight. Have a Twitter handle, at itkmoonnight, and we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just search for Into the Night with a K, a Moonnight podcast. Finally, as mentioned earlier, thank you so much. We do read the ratings. Um, so I did mention just the two that gave us constructive criticism. Um, there were plenty of others that gave us overwhelming positivity and love thank you so much they really do mean a lot um if anything as well the the five star ratings actually amp us up and uh expose us a bit more to other moon Knight followers out there uh so please get your reviews in get your ratings in uh and uh look if you have any suggestions of what we can do what can improve you know um let me know and uh, we're happy to try and um you know try and please you know, we can't please everyone because everyone's, you know, everyone's got a different opinion, but uh, we can give it a, a damn good try. <laughs> uh, so also finally as well, we're on all good podcast catches, whatever you're listening to now, but if you happen to lose your phone or your podcast player or something, uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, you name it, Podbean, I think as well, uh, we'll be there. So just search for us into the night. Uh, a Moon Knight podcast. Um, finally, just our outro signing off of May Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Thanks for listening, loonies. Apologies for the ramble. And catch you next time. See ya. Moon Knight and affiliated characters. Stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.